0: I might get Oscar weekly It's M-M-O-Weekly Yes, welcome, welcome, welcome for the first time in quite some time. The show that comes to you once a week, when it comes to you once a week, recapping the Hollywood week that was, getting you ready for the Hollywood weird week to come. This is Mike, Mike, and Oscar Weekly, hashtag MMO Weekly, hashtag MMOW. I am your co host, Mike1. This is co host also, Mike, Mike. It has been a while. We're back. Yes. We're well-rested-ish. In theory. (laughs) All I did was watch movies, Mike. That's all I did for You're th- going to prove that around. in a couple minutes. Yes, you did. Uh, if you have not joined us before for a Mike, Mike, and Oscar weekly show, we do these once a week. We haven't done them in a while because of the Oscars. We got bogged down with Academy Awards stuff, but we have two weekly news shows that we do. One, you've heard quite often lately, it was called Oscar Race Checkpoint. We're still going to do that. It may not be weekly now that we're in the Oscars off season, but we will still do that uh, somewhat regularly, we don't know if it's going to be monthly, bi-weekly, whatever. We have a vague and mysterious name for it. It's just a checkpoint. (laughs) Checkpoints can happen whenever. It can happen bi-weekly, it can happen bi-monthly. Can happen by year. No, it's going to happen more by by yearly. We should do it by yearly. Buy ourselves a little (laughs) downtime. The other news show that we do uh, that focuses not so much on the Oscar-centric stuff that ORC does, this MMO Weekly, MMOW as we call it, is more of the look around the Hollywoods. We go around and look at the blockbusters, the big news, the big blockbuster industry news, the the bigger movie picture, the stuff that isn't maybe so award-centric. We do, obviously, because we do cover so much news, touch on award-centric and awards-ish Movies and happenings and pictures and -hmm. and what have you there. But as far as the industry at large, this new show, MMO Weekly, is what that covers. Now, like I said, we haven't done it for a while because we were bogged down in Oscar stuff. Like also Mike just told you, because we were bogged down and haven't done this in a while, he has a lot of stuff to get off his chest. Mm -hmm. So we usually start these MMO Weekly shows with a segment called what we're watching. Yes, thank you. What we're watching. Now, what usually happens in what we're watching is we will go through and tell you what we've been watching that week. Because we had a couple weeks off, <laughs> Mike had some free time and watched... Everything. Well, here's the crazy part of this. Like, I've watched 20 Oscar movies that were previous winners. There's a playlist on Xfinity where I'm going to tell you all about everything else I watched. No, there's a playlist on Xfinity. It was like a warm June evening. Previous Oscar winners, and mm-hmm. I just mowed that list down. Yeah, I saw like, that. Everything just the other I did. Yeah, everything I didn't see before, I, I, I've seen now. So we have a lot of stuff to tell you about what we have watched. And the reason we do that is we like giving as many reviews every week as possible, not just the deep dives that we do with movie event reviews and Oscar sprint profiles that we also do, uh, kind of on a regular basis here in the off-season. We go through and what we're watching and tell you about other movies of the moment. And so Mike's going to start with a list of new 2020 movies and give you quick recaps of each of them. Birds of Prey. This is of the Alfred Hitchcock movie. This movie is a mess. It's about (laughs) Harley Quinn. They've changed the title to, like, Harley Quinn... And the Birds of Prey or something. It's Can very we talk strange. about that for two seconds? Why did they change the ch- title after the movie came out? I think that's kind of doing the movie dirty. Because people didn't realize it was a Harley Quinn movie? It was a DC Comic Book uh, Universe they movie? should have put Margot Robbie in more previews is what the problem was. I don't know what <laughs> She's they're everywhere. thinking. I don't know what they're thinking. I, all I know is I want to buy the Funko doll, which is like $10. Yes. Yes. We're Yes, getting, slowly but surely, a set decoration ready (laughs) gonna have more funko dolls than we do places in a little bit i'm like a young young person that's all i'll just say a young person buying all these funko dolls i can't my amazon right now is so weird i'm lovely for people who love funko dolls i'm just saying i don't recognize myself that's a good backtrack on your part i appreciate that go ahead birds of prey michael is overstuffed and that's good and bad because it does have a lot of fun moments stuffed in there. Margot Robbie's as charismatic as ever. She's that wisecracking ass kicker you want in a rated R comic book movie, much like you know, a couple characters from Kick-Ass, much like Deadpool himself there. Look, I love the slow-motion fight choreography. There's a lot of cool-ass beatdowns mm-hmm. in here. And if you're going to follow somebody on the run from an entire city trying to kill, it, kill you, Follow Harley Quinn because she's going to fight as she flees and rack up the <laughs> body count there. But still my heart. Still my aching heart. I hated the Mary Elizabeth Winstead character. I hated no! I hated the Rosie Perez character. No! Some bad bad sidekicks. It really didn't work. And I usually love them both. In, case, in the case of uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, she reminded me of every Poe Dammer in Oscar Isaac scene from the latest oh. Star Wars trilogy. Just overly familiar when we just don't know them well enough uh. for that overly friendly close talker-like voice. And we're such big fans of both Rosie Perez and Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Mary Elizabeth Winstead especially. That, that, that hurts to the hear. The best part about Rosie Perez is this t-shirt she puts on at one point in the movie and it's just it's just a shame Ewan McGregor is also a terrible villain I mean oh he, no he has this disgusting sidekick and Black Mask is such a big part of the DC bark Comics bark is so much worse than his bite at, the, at least at the end of the film so this is like I said a tonal mess his, his disgusting sidekick of a villain it, the gross out scenes work too well in this movie, it's, and yeah, I'm just left feeling nasty. It's been kind I mean, your review kind of fits in line with how the movie's been received. A little polarizing, 6.6 on IMDb, carrying a 60 Metascore right now. Uh, to, let's fail the Beckdell test immediately. H- how do they handle the Joker in this? Obviously, the, the premise is that Harley Quinn is split from the Joker. Is he dead in this world? The way they handled it in the trailer. Uh-huh. Uh, that's all I'll say. I all mean, right. it's just as simple as that. And there's some stakes involved with the Joker that make, make good sense. Mike, if there wasn't perhaps the greatest scene of food porn in the history of food porn scenes because it's given the Zack Snyder slow motion treatment. Not only do we see the food getting cooked oh in slow boy. motion, we see it about to be eaten, then we get to finally see it eaten Were you wearing in slow a bib? motion. I was watering it. I went. I left the theater with my brother. I'm like, we got to get this immediately. He ended up talking me into something else very easily. I'm so impressionable when it comes to food. But yes. Birds of Prey gets a C plus from me. It'll probably be a C minus without those great scenes. All right, so that's... That's Birds of Prey. What about Bad Boys for Life, Michael? I need to watch costume dramas like for a week straight after this double feature of Birds and Bad Boys. A lot of explosions in your life. Uh, oh my! Did God. you see these on the same day? I did. I, wow. I took a break with my brother, ate lunch with him. He was not game. He was exhausted after Birds of Prey. <laughs> he was exhausted after Birds of Prey. He's exhausted. He's he's my younger brother, but he was an older bastard right. mentality than I was in this particular. You can only character. take so many colors being thrown in his face. Very colorful yeah. movie for sure. But I, I and it's sad because he would enjoy bad boys so much more oh so he tapped out he, he tapped out oh okay he tapped out he was he i was, thought you dragged him kicking and screaming into the uh the michael bayless bad boys michael bay is in the movie though which is a lot of fun oh a lot Does of he, fun. is he self-referential no, not at all. Oh. He's just like a strange character in the movie. Okay, is, it's kind of cool. Interesting. But, look, call me old now, Michael, but all this property damage in both of these <laughs> movies is just appalling it's to so me. So bad, how we few things. The like cars that. that get smashed, the buildings that just crumble, the the shot up. Who's paying for this? <laughs> I'm just thinking about the paperwork. Yeah. I'm just thinking about you know all the regular people whose lives are ruined, whose years are now made with the the casualties and the 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 nightmare. That this... Havoc would cause it definitely happens. Not when you have to pay your first bill regularly, but like your third or fourth monthly bill that you have to pay. You get to a point where you watch these movies and you're like, "Oh, that sucks for that government entity." Yeah, do something to your car once, or right. do something break, exactly break something as an adult, and you something understand. in your brain happens with these movies. And I we're agree. Barely functioning adults right, with right. everything breaking around <laughs> us, and yet we still understand right. the depth of of what repairs cost. Where is this? Miami? This is located this is in Miami. Okay. So. Uh... I just can't get over the fact that they don't have like a baby driver scene when this is supposed to be the third movie where they're older now right like a baby driver scene where they go back and they go over the excess of the previous parts of the plot and they they, they, they don't just let it be all Grand Theft Autoy. and I just I give this this criticism and I know I'm a lame ass for doing so but there it is I mean that's why adults aren't tended to be targeted by these movies right it's for <laughs> reasons like this we do tend to have a different mindset when it comes to these type of movies I think that's very understandable but anyway. Bad Boys for Life was a lot of fun because I'm in a sold out theater at two o'clock in the oh, afternoon nice. or three o'clock in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. My brother and I were like one of five people in Harley Quinn at an eleven a.m. showing, so this this screening was a lot of fun. People were laughing and yelling and cheering, and it was great. I, I thought I had a blast. Uh, the cinematography, of course, is a, is a high point, like the Michael Bay movies, uh, Good. very much so. The star of the show, to me, though, is Martin Lawrence. Oh, really? He made me heave laugh uncontrollably (laughs) on several occasions. I grew up watching his sitcoms. I grew up watching his movies. So I'm really happy that he can keep making me laugh like this. I say this as a very fat man that is quite incapable of doing any kind of action that goes along with these action movies but martin lawrence on screen is becoming uh tough to buy as an action hero <laughs> they play it up okay they play it up. he's no he's not moving around too well and that's fine it's part of the character this time uh, look the plot is preposterous though i mean this is at fast and furious levels of nonsense which is fun and also somehow like self-reflexive so they kind of make fun of themselves they're conscious Good. i think you of need that much. at this point yeah so, you know, if Martin Lawrence is not stopping, you know, the, the the funny stuff and Bad Boys has got one spectacle after another, I can give this a B grade, a solid B-84 all day. Well, it certainly did its share. We're going to get into the box office update when we go about the uh, review, basically what happened in January at the box office. But Bad Boys had quite the month for itself yes, there. Yes, sir. To all the boys, P.S., I still love it. I him. almost clicked on this last night. A few style moments I absolutely love, but unfortunately, this is not the creative and adorable charmer of the first Who All the Boys was. Oh. I still like the characters, but without the novelty of how the first movie like refreshed some rom-com tropes, mm-hmm. this movie just becomes predictable and silly and just another rom-com, Mike. Oh, that's not good. Was the, was the first one the Keanu Cannon? No, you're that thinking of always be my name. Oh, okay. yeah, I am. Okay, all right. This is a totally different series. This is a series that's actually selling some subscriptions for Netflix. I'm curious to talk to Andrew more about it at some point from the NOMCast there. But I enjoy the performances from these young, young stars like Lana Condor and Noah Centineo. They really are charismatic. They're fun to root for. But the, the plot is just like Hallmark channel Sorry, Mom. It's just <laughs> not good. It's a C-plus at best. Uh, that's the problem I have with the genre, Yeah. I think that goes in line. Another Netflix movie? Horse Girl. So, Alison Brie is a kind, socially awkward woman in a dead-end job with few friends and a love for horses. And then the plot kicks her in the face. (laughs) I'm kidding! I'm kidding! I wish I could... Mike, I'm kidding! I wish I could write a review like that here. It would have been less depressing. Just one good horse kick, and this movie's are off and running. (laughs) up. I won't spoil what happens, but... It was engaging. It, it's kind of boring. Horse Girl does showcase more talent from Allison Brie, like she's terrific again, and it's no surprise after like all the movies she's been doing and the, the wrestling show that we love. Their uh, what's glow. it glow? Thank yeah. you. Uh, I'm such a fan of hers, and I, I still give this movie a C plus, even though I hated watching it. It's nice to see her flex her muscles too, her creative outlet muscles, and playing the kind of character that I don't think she's really ever played before. I had problems with the exposition, and then they explain it all later in the movie. So, oh, good. So good. it makes all a lot right. of sense. Uh, but still, like it, I'm, I'm frustrated in Act 1. I'm frustrated kind of throughout. Sure. Speaking of frustration, um, Miss Americana, this is Americana, Sarah Connor. Yeah. I mean, Miss Americana, the, older the Roseanne family. Taylor Swift documentary. Now, this one's gotten legitimate Oscars buzz already for documentary feature, which means, of course, it will never be nominated. That's true, and it should not be nominated. Sorry. Oh, okay. I agree with the uh, stuffed shirted uh, documentary film branch in our hypothetical brains <laughs> right now. The moments I remember from this movie most are the awkward ones. How Taylor Swift is like dealing with such ridiculous levels of fame, but. I wanted to watch her in those moments more. I wanted to watch her struggle more. Like, those moments are few and far between. Like, a prime example comes with reciting this melody of one of her hit songs, what would become one of her hit songs Mm -hmm. to one of her producers. And it offers a moment of excitement, but that's, like, fleeting. It can't drive the story. So I expected more from, like, the director of 20 Feet from Stardom, Oscar-winning music documentary, or one of the producers. I forget who made this, but... The the movie just felt like it stayed at arm's length to what she's really going through in her daily life because it's not about her daily life. It's more of like this highlight reel. So it's just a puff piece more so than. Well, I mean, they're trying. They're giving you glimpses of some of the right, kind of but that's the stuff. most frustrating type of movie is when you have like the door is open to something far more intriguing and you it's, refuse to burst through it. It's not deep enough. Yeah, I, I wanted more depth, and I, I think like if you had Alex Gibney going into this, or if you had. <laughs> right. You know, one of these other, you know, Oscar-winning documentary uh, filmmakers, <sighs> I guess. But then again, they had an Oscar-winning filmmaker. Maybe she is just this this superhuman person that doesn't really show anything well, on her sleeve, and this was the best they can get. I don't who's know. Who's the target audience for something like this? Is it just Taylor Swift fans? I mean, or is it people who, are they trying to make new fans? That's a great question. I I think like when you show a Taylor Swift fan in this movie, mm-hmm. I'm saying what the fuck is wrong with these people? Oh, <laughs> like yeah. what is going on? These fans are out of control, and yeah. they're like, no, yes, the fans don't come off well. Let's just put it that way. Well, no, I mean, yeah, I'm not I mean, saying anything about their fans. They'll probably all swarm me. I've heard of these fandoms being able to do. Well, as they're well intentioned, but very maniacal at times when they have a chance to express themselves. I have around nothing them. against yeah. Taylor Swift, nothing at all. I, I don't know her that well. I know a couple of the hits, but look, when Bill Simmons calls Miss Americana a documercial, yeah. I think that's right on, and it, this felt like a commercial, a highlight reel. But even so, so I'm, I'm, I'm more bugged out because if it's a commercial you would think it'd be targeted to her fans so i don't know where maybe they th- need to think of that trying more. to get where are new their, fans yeah where's this where's the target of this where's the eye the lens of this mm. supposed to go it's still a b minus i mean it's worth watching I, but like, no I, no oscar legs you're saying i hope not okay. i don't think so a, a documentary that might get some oscar legs is uppity the willie t rib story this what is, a name this is about uh one of the very first uh, and pioneering african-americans in modern day professional mm. motorsports i just watched ford v ferrari so i was totally in the mood for this story and it's it goes in depth talk about the depth that i wanted from the previous documentary right they're talking about every gear shift they're getting you know for gear heads i imagine this is really cool i didn't understand anything did you watch taylor swift before this one yes well before like a week before so you were satiated with the the depth that this one went into and you wanted that retroactively but yeah i I, i love that you get an interview with mr ribs so he's going back through all of it and he's really giving you the lowdown. and then you get like in like interviews with all his mechanics and his engineers and like the guys that he raced against and raced with best uh sports documentary i've seen since maiden and diego maradona from from last year so this is a b all day b85 good one of the higher marks you've given so far that's That's nice to hear. Buffaloed, Michael. Eric Weber of Awards Ace recommended this via Twitter as a real showcase for Zoe Deutsch. I love Zoe Deutsch, by the way. I mean, we've been praising her for the last two years. She was great in Zombieland. She is all over Caitlin Dever's Instagram. Oh, the really? two of them are like really close in real life. Yeah, it's well, really nice. They need to, say, to do a movie. Like, yes, they do because they they're doing? both immensely talented. Yeah. Anyway, Zoe Deutsch great and set it up. Something we reviewed mm-hmm. in the past as well. Uh, so she's great again here. She's this fast talking debt collector, really, you know, via the phone in Buffalo, which is of course set in Buffalo, New York. I buy the accent. I love the first act. I'm a fan of the chemistry Zoe Deutsch has with Jai Courtney with Judy Greer, who's her mother in this. Good cast. Really good cast of characters in the ensemble. I would love Zoe Deutsch to play like either Taylor Swift or Taylor Swift's like go-to number two person, whoever's in charge of all this stuff, and then have this cast of characters involved. That would have been a, a, the perfect movie if I confuse. Oh, them so like in a Taylor Swift biopic type deal. Sure. And then if, uh, you know, maybe Zoe Deutsch was in Birds of Prey, she could help that <laughs> cast or any of these characters. It's I, a long way of saying you're a fan of Zoe Deutsch, basically. I'm a fan of Zoe Deutsch, <laughs> but I don't want her in this movie. Like this right. plot line, I really could care less about it because I know exactly what's going to happen. It's a predictable storyline. There are some fun scenes, but it's just a C+. This sounds like a Netflix movie, and yet you said it was not? VOD 7 bucks. I mean it's 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 a I'm a lot, amazed worth at that. I'm a lot watch but I, I, I probably would say I could have waited until it came on premium television and for the next movie as well. But okay, I I you know I wanted to see it and Zoe Deutsch is very good in it. So wow, well, I'm shocked that's not a Netflix. But I'm I'm surprised there was a studio willing to put money into this type of film just because it seems like such a because Netflix is owning that mid to low budget space right now of all these kind of unique original features. It wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised yeah. to see a movie like this come to Netflix. Maybe a year from now, who knows? Another one like that is come to Daddy. This is an Elijah Wood horror. Thriller directed by aunt Timpson. I watched the preview for this, and I don't even think I could have stomached what's going on with it. It has moments of brilliance. Oh, really? I'm not gonna good. Lie. And there's some great scenes, like the the daddy son scenes are crazy. And then you have this strange story that you really want from an indie horror thriller or whatever this is. There's some dialogue that feels real. And I liked how they, you know, kind of bump up against convention and horror cliches and they kind of just say, that's not how it would be done in our – or that's not (laughs) how how it's going to be done in our movie, you know? Right. And and they kind of – they they definitely, you know, do a little meta-commentary on the genre. But this plot, it just unravels into this coincidental and anticlimactic thing that I just can't buy at the end of the day. So it's like good setup, good middle – B-minus still because the ending's not great. Elijah Wood is someone who's been kind of doing more horror, too. He did the remake of Maniac a couple years back, which also, I think, ended up on Netflix. But yeah. I, I don't mind him in a horror role. I think he can pull off creepy. Well, I'm tired of talking. I agree with you on Elijah Wood. <laughs> you got a bunch now, Mike. Please stop talking. Uh, we could talk about some stuff that we watched together, Mike. Uh, now, Netflix, The Killer Inside the Mind of Aaron Hernandez, uh, kind of a unique take because we're very close to it. I mean, the Bristol, Connecticut is actually where my brother lived for a few years, right down the street from where this all happened. Yeah, we've ta- I've talked to coaches from yeah. Bristol Central there. Uh, this one hits home a little bit. Yeah. I'm a high school football coach even still. So it saddens me that, it, it, That's that tough. stories I hear about him as a young football player getting in trouble, seems like they let him get away with a lot. Yeah, I, I mean... I don't know how you don't, you you know, like it's one of those circumstances where he. It seemed like the home life was very, very difficult, and when you don't have a solid base at home, we see it time and again. Not to, not that it's an excuse for anything that happened, yeah. but it's an explanation of how it kind of got to this point. It's interesting how this movie dances on the line of making excuses for him because it doesn't, right. but it almost does. Right, like, I would this agree with that. Haunted sexuality of the man. There's the likely CTE. There's the drug use. There's the upbringing, like you mm-hmm. said, where his father was very hard on him or he wasn't disciplined by his coaches, whatever. I mean, there's there's the blame game that's almost happening, but then they kind of leave room for a lot of counter arguments. They actually bring on guests, yeah. you know, and they have interviews with people that are like the counter to where he went right. Like you know, Aaron Hernandez went this way and these other guys suffering through the same crap, went in totally, you know, in, a, in the in the right way. I don't even know if he realized what he did because he's, you know, there's snippets from the jailhouse phone calls. He's on the phone with his agent and he's joking about getting a, a sponsorship deal with Smith and Wesson. You know, like he's, it's, it's just a very bizarre everything. It's a bizarre explanation. It's a bizarre scene. It's a bizarre crime. I think the worst thing that could have happened to him was being drafted by the Patriots, and they even made that point in one of the episodes. That it seems like if he was to be drafted away from his home base and kind of the poor influences that surrounded him in his upbringing, it seems like he did better when he was in Florida. Yeah, he was away from, and Urban Meyer had a had a hard, mm-hmm. you know, heavy hand on him, and he got in a little bit of trouble, like mouthing off at the restaurant or not paying a bill right. at a sports bar or something. But otherwise, he kind of kept his nose clean. But you're right; he came, he comes. To Massachusetts, which is very close, you know, to drive up the highway 45 minutes yeah. away, 50 minutes away, and yeah, he's 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 he broke bad. It's tough, a it's a tough watch, it's a tough watch, I would say. It's a tough watch. I've seen documentaries about this before, mm-hmm. so I, I knew a lot of the stuff. So, I guess if you're coming in cold, you'll like it a little more, right. It's kind of addictive. I watched most of it in one night. I don't know if it's a three-parter. I probably watched two parts in one night. Uh, HBO has The Outsider, which I am not totally caught up on. I watched, I think, the first five episodes. I haven't watched I think You say there's six out now. You've watched them all? I've watched them all. I love the first two. Like, the first two are just so a good. procedural, kind of the police procedural. Yes. so good. Ugh. And now, I can't tell if I like it or not. I can't even, but I have to know what happened. Right. It's one of those, it's addicting, but I can't, I, I get very frustrated with it every episode that passes because I'm like, it's kind of like when I first started watching The Leftovers. Like, what, what, what? What's happening? What are you doing? Great setup. Great setup. Yeah, I wonder if Lindelof had a hand in right. this somehow. The setup artist of our lifetimes. I don't know either. All I know is Cynthia Revo's pretty good in it. She yeah. plays this, you know, kooky character, which is fun to watch. So there's a lot of scenes that committed. are relying on Ben Mendelsohn to mm-hmm. carry it. I'm I like Ben Mendelsohn. I don't know that he's capable of carrying all the scenes that are being asked of him to carry in this show so far. Because it's Ben Mendelssohn and because he plays so many bad guys, I feel like this is going to be a horrifying end. <laughs> You're waiting He's, for the shoe to drop? I feel like he is not long for this series. Mm. You could be right. I don't know. <laughs> No, no. I mean we're not we are not spoiling, it. we're just speculating. Right, right. No we idea. have no idea. Well, we are going read... to stick through it. Yeah, we gotta see what happens at this point. I didn't read the K- Stephen King book. Anyway, curb your enthusiasm. I you haven't started mean? it okay. yet. It's ridiculous. Of course it is. There's <laughs> some big laughs. He's a bigger and bigger A-hole in every season of the show. So I'm him. like getting furious with how much <laughs> of an A-hole he is right now. I'm turning into uh, the the guy's wife the agent's wife Susie Esman in a seamless edit there Yes, uh, playing Susie Green uh, Garland's wife like you said she's and- very very good at being pissed off at him and I've been <laughs> just screaming at my television because he's such a jerk it's fun, did you though? see the interview he gave with Michael K talking about how the that Make America Great Again hat <laughs> was featured in the first one and, he, and Michael K was warning him about alienating Trump voters and stuff like that yeah. if you haven't seen that clip Go seek it out. It's it's funny. I I feel like. We let Larry David get away with that type of stuff on his show because mm-hmm. we have more than enough evidence to prove that he is quite similar to that in real life. Oh, no. <laughs> he's you not really? exact. I do. No. I mean, I, th- I don't think he's that <laughs> sharp-edged, but I think he's that much of a devil-may-care attitude, yes. This is a wobbly table, and he would not approve of this wobbly <laughs> table. That's all I yes, could say. It would be point. a whole I thing. I know what you're talking, yes. It would be a whole thing. <laughs> McMillions, HBO's been killing it in the early part of 2020. McMillions, is his first two episodes, I'm very, very much uh, eager. Awaiting the finale, which is going to be airing tonight, Monday night. Yeah, it's addictive uh, documentary watching right there. I, I, th- if this was a few years ago, it'd be up for uh, best documentary yeah. feature. Yeah. Did you play the Monopoly game growing up? Of course I did. Was it not one of the most exciting times of your life? Like I loved the Monopoly game at McDonald's. I had the uh, the board. <laughs> yes. Like right in my dashboard, right because they came out. Like I remember playing it hard when I was just starting to drive my own car. Yeah. But also, actually, you know what? I remember taking the board to school and be like, look at all the wins. I, I've almost won I'm this. I'm one piece away from a new car and a new life. I remember almost like, you know, fantasizing with my friends at the school lunch, like, what if we won this? Yeah. You want to go tandem on this? Like, if you get it or I get it, we'll just split the money. It turned into its own folklore because I remember there being reports of. Well, they only give Park Place to the East Coast, and they only give Boardwalk right. to the West Coast. And then there were rumors of people selling Boardwalk on eBay for like $300,000, but you would be okay because you could make a 700000 I remember the, the craziness, and then the, come to find out, the true story of what actually happened is just as crazy. And I love Agent Matthews, by the way, the FBI guy who just, his first instinct with everything is... What if we fly everyone out to Vegas and spend a billion dollars on this one cover-up scheme? I think everybody has an Agent Matthews in their office, <laughs> yeah. which is really fun. And we all kind of know that character yes. everywhere. They're kind of dry, but they're the, they're cool for their office. Yes. In a way, yeah. the guy yes. in that office. And they and know it, yeah. And they know it. And he's got the suits to prove it. <laughs> Yes, he's a fun character, and and I can't. I can't wait to see what the hell happens. Same here. All right, we go from something linear and understandable. I have not watched this yet because I need like a moment alone. I need to be in my element. I got to light some candles. How did you avoid this? How is this possible? Wait, I can't wait. What did Jack do on Netflix, which is a 17-minute short from David Lynch? Go ahead, Mike. Look, all I'm gonna say then is it delivers on the premise of David Lynch having a conversation with a talking monkey. (laughs) We've all been there. I grade it plus or minus Zubat. I don't know what to say. Is it. At, I've, I've seen it written as the most David Lynch thing ever. Would you agree? Yes. Yes. Yeah. He's interrogating a talking monkey. I don't know if this is... I don't think this is a spoiler, but the, the first thing I read about it was that there's a scene in this where the monkey turns to the camera and says, go fuck yourself. And I that was all I needed. I'm pretty sure that's true. I don't remember. Check plus plus in my book. All right. That is everything uh, from 2020, pretty much everything, literally, uh, on TV and film that we have missed out on in covering the Oscars. We will transition now with our first Do You Care of the New Year. I've gotta know, do you care, and sugar we care segment this is where we take other news stories of the week and we ask each other do we should we or will we care about them the way we start every do you care segment is i take my own little talking monkey here and also mike and i ask him about the upcoming releases new in theaters and on vod so coming wide this week to theaters mike we have the call of the wild which is a book everyone is familiar with question mark i don't think i ever read it that's a shame, because yeah. it's a damn good book. I'm mad at all your English teachers right now. Did you read it in school? Of course I did. That's what you read. I, I might have, but I don't remember. Yeah, I don't think I ever did. Limited release this week. We have Emma, which we thought might have been a wide release originally. Now, a lot of people should be mad at the both of us for not reading that book, because that's Jane <laughs> Austen, that's classic, and we've avoided this for years now. Yeah. I'm wondering if this is going to be a little women's scenario where I actually go and see this movie and love it. Or if we've liked the trailers. The trailers have been funny. And we like the talent. Yeah. Anya Taylor Joy it should be a lot of fun it could be a lot of fun could be an early oscar contender for if nothing else costume design too because the, the academy could be lustful for a period piece to actually hold on well, to which they didn't have this year we're going to review it in one way shape or form yeah. i think i got to take my mother to go see it at some point mike on vod we have the indie spirit winner premature something made for under five thousand five hundred thousand dollars which was the first i had heard about it and i still don't know much about it but anything that's that's Winning that award is usually something that at least is going to kickstart a career. So I think I'm he was nominated out. for that award. It won something else. I okay, but, all right. Uh, it, it, the last thing he wanted. This is uh, D. Reese, Anne Hathaway, Willem Dafoe. The Sundance disaster is coming on Netflix ASAP. So this one was supposed to be on Netflix last year, and everyone assumed because it was D. Reese and because of the talent attached that this was going to be an Oscar contender. The story we were told as the public is D. Reese wanted to go through another festival with it, another yeah. festival circuit, and then it hit Sundance, and it's just been getting killed. So I guess Netflix knew they'd had a dud on their hands, and D. Reese, you know. I, I, they said that about D. Reese because she's had so much success at Sundance in the past with Pariah, with Mudbound, etc. Right. So it, it would make some sense that they would spin it that way. I'm not going to blame her for putting out that narrative. It sounds like it's a PR. Right, group. I would agree. I would agree. And, and Netflix seems to have had enough To do this Oscar season anyway with their four films, three films come Oscars time, but early 38 Metascore, early 5.3 on IMDb for that movie. We'll watch it for ourselves, but it doesn't look good. System Crasher, this is the German submission for best international film from the past year, I believe. We, We previewed this a couple times. This is the one about the girl that goes from foster care home to foster care home. Kind of runs away, so this was a sad setup, but a movie probably worth watching on Netflix. On her wild quest for love, nine-year-old Benny's untamed energy drives everyone around her to despair. Oof. That's a tough setup, but it has an incredibly high 8.1 on IMDb right now on over 2,000 reviews. In a couple thousands, that usually means people are actually watching it and appreciating it. So, I'm in for the last thing he wanted. I'll probably just watch that in the background. Of if curiosity, something. if nothing else. I'm very curious. Yeah. And I like D. Reeves movies going back. I don't know if I'm going to go to the theaters to see The Call of the Wild. I'm probably more looking at Emma. I want nothing sure? to do with dog movies. I'm tired. Like I, I know they're going to be in danger, and I know they're going to probably be okay, but I can't handle it. The CGI looks bad to me. Uh, well, How do you think it compares Stacks Up to uh, Togo, which you just saw on Disney Plus like a month ago? Like, if the Call of the Wild was on Disney Plus right mm-hmm. now. Right. i probably watch it. I think that's, that's out, yeah. where I'm at. I'm probably not going to the theaters to go see it. Fair that's, enough. That's my honest opinion here. And I'm going to put the rest of these questions to you. Good. Because we got a lot of... Uh, big questions we we got, do. we're grouping a bunch of things together in, in several different categories i want to shout out slash that terrific website all their podcasts all their tremendous writers chris evangelista one of our favorites Ho- hoi tran all the crew over there they, they do a phenomenal job yes. i relied primarily on their feed clicking back clicking back to kind of get caught up on the last month of news and this is the kind of site where it's got all the cool shit i I care about. So, yeah. I mean, I think that's a worthy plug because I really great. did. great. I, I co-sign and underscore everything you said. I really did rely on them here. So, casting news. Which of these do you care most about? Timothy Chalamet playing Bob Dylan in a Searchlight James Mangold film called Going Electric. hmm Christian Bale cast in Thor, Love and Thunder, perhaps as Beta Ray Bill. That's the rumor. Maybe he's just being a voice actor there. Mm-hmm. Aquafina playing history's most successful female gambler in the Baccarat Machine. Oh man. She's playing Kelly's son based on an article in Cigar Aficionado magazine. I like that we are actually at the point here. (laughs) This is not the first magazine article that's been adapted into a movie. This is like a new trend that's happening in Hollywood, which I am wholly in support of. It's cool, because they get room to play, but they also, you know, have it based in fact there. Margot Robbie joins David O. Russell's next movie with Christian Bale and Michael B. Jordan. It's an original story. No plot details have been released as of yet, as far as my Google searching goes. Okay. And finally, Sony is making a live-action comedy of Cinderella. They just added Missy Elliott and John Mulaney. This is a James Corden vehicle. Apparently, he's the producer. Adina Menzel is the evil stepmother, and Pierce Brosnan is also in the cast. Okay, I like that cast. I love John Mulaney. I'm a big fan of Adina Menzel. I like that whole Cinderella cast. There's only one Cinderella. I refuse to watch or acknowledge any other Cinderellas. Okay, so you're not in. That it. movie doesn't exist, as far as I'm concerned. Sony's been making some good plays lately. Though. They have. I, I like Sony, I like everything they've been doing. Mm hmm. That movie doesn't exist. you understand? <laughs> Cinderella is a one movie thing. It's the girl. It's the cartoon. She's going down the steps. She loses her slipper. Gotta go back. But Bruno! Get Bruno! Robb Stark. Yeah, right. First of his name. Was in the last one. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. What jumps out at me most mm-hmm. is the David O. Russell movie. Because oh, cool. we've seen Christian Bale and David O. Russell collaborate before, and it was magical in American Hustle. Seeing Margot Robbie work with him, I'm very excited for that. I think that's going to be a huge Oscar contender. Michael B. Jordan already has been attached to all kinds of great properties with mm-hmm, as far as mm-hmm. Oscars go, too. So I think that's an automatic Oscars contender. The fact that we don't know anything about it yet doesn't really surprise me because he tends to play things pretty close to the vest historically. Anyway, that's what jumps out at me most. I, I'm interested in all of these stories for kind of wildly different reasons. Timothy Chalamet, I think, is kind of a no-brainer to play Bob Dylan. Just on hair alone, it works. Hair alone (laughs) really works, actually. That just dawned on me. It's like, wow. I
1: I hope he can sing.
0: Yeah, I don't know if he can sing. Can you sing Bob Dylan, though? Can anyone? Right. Like, yes. Yes. (laughs) All all he has to do is talk. Bob Dylan impression. So I, I am interested in that. Christian Bale finally joining the MCU was kind of intriguing to me because... What a listers are left that haven't had a piece of this? Here's here's the question I have though: If he's like just a CGI character, mm-hmm. much like Thanos and and exactly. Josh Brolin, yeah, Taika Waititi too, yeah. can he be himself in another movie down the line? Well, you could ask that. Yeah, ask that question about Bradley Cooper or Vin Diesel or yeah. all these guys that are just providing voices. So sure, why not? They're leaving an opening for themselves, right? Uh, It will be kind of jarring if he's not playing a CGI character to see Batman in the MCU. It'll be a little strange. Right. I I guess we already... uh, If he's playing a giant donkey Norse god, (laughs) is that what he is? I I don't know this character. Is Peter Ray Bill a giant donkey Norse god? (laughs) (laughs) Love and Thunder is going to be wild. (laughs) I can't wait. Everything is on the table for that. I've watched Jojo Rabbit so many times lately. I'm so glad it had a decent night at the Oscars. It really deserved it. That movie was spectacular. It might be the most rewatchable thing. Right now, which just is in general. just like we said going into talking about a non- young Nazi boy movie, we always knew that was going to be the one. I can't believe it, Mike. <sighs> to me, the most inspired project is the Backerat Machine—the one I know the most about it because I will watch Aquafina like read the phone book. I'll watch her beat yes. her grandmother at yes. poker. Never mind that she's like the greatest female gambler in history, <laughs> called Kelly Sun. I wonder if that's you know at Mohegan Sun where we are. I can't wait. I. First of all, everything you said is correct. Uh, Aquafina is immensely talented. I'm very happy to see her new... I haven't seen it yet. I don't know if it's out yet, but that new Comedy Central show she's starring in. Yeah, so I'm more. excited for all of that. I, I'm excited for her in this role. I loved Molly's Game. I hope this is kind of akin to that because I, I really was a fan of Molly's Game. Also, I know people who might have a gambling problem. <laughs> Baccarat, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I sat down with my buddies at... It wasn't Baccarat. It was Pi Gow. Okay. Uh, At one of the casinos. I think it was in Vegas. I had no idea what was going on. The man just kept taking my money, the dealer. And it got to a point where he was laughing at me and taking my money. And I still didn't know what was happening. Why did you keep giving him your money? I was going to win at some point if I kept losing, right? I'm due, Mike. (laughs) This is failed logic. So... That's my attachment to any kind of Baccarat or any kind of Chinese gaming. If you go to any casino and walk into the Chinese gaming section, it is always active. It doesn't matter if you go there at 2 p.m. or 4 a.m. It is packed. That That's an area of every casino that knows how to stay active and attract people. It's like the basement of Mr. Uh, Mizell's... Uh... <laughs> bar and grill there right exactly exactly (laughs) they know how to draw a crowd so yes i'm very excited for that as well the biggest story to me though again is david o russell that's what sticks out at me most as far as what we do here you're a true oscar pundit and i salute you all right (laughs) sequel slash remake news Knives Out, and we've kind of touched on this, Knives Out is bringing back Daniel Craig and Ryan Johnson together. They are going to do a second Benoit Blanc mystery, Michael. So this started as a Benoit Blanc sequel, and then the official Knives Out sequel was attached later on. So I think they're one in the same movie, but the the way this started was Ryan Johnson's going to come back and do another movie with Benoit Blanc's character. And then it turned into Knives Out too. so I'm assuming we're going to get some more crossover, well, other like, than just Benoit Blanc. Like the Christopher Plummer writer from the first movie, he apparently writes this plot really fast. Uh, Ryan Johnson did. He right. writes Knives Out really fast. So I wonder if he's really trying to write the plot for the sequel really fast, because everybody says like it's full steam ahead. We reviewed that movie with John Gabrus from the High and Mighty podcast over on Head Yum. Yep. He was on the record with us saying he just wants more original content. So I'm excited to get another Knives Out. Mm-hmm. But I kind of share his vision that I, I I kind of wish Ryan Johnson was just doing more original stuff instead of making a sequel. But like you say, it's probably coming. He's already got the story mapped out, I'm sure. Give me more of what I already know I've always wanted, I think. And I think I always wanted Knives Out yeah. as a movie. So that's what my stance on this. Speaking of stuff that you've liked in the past, though, that you've always wanted, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. There's a sequel in the work from the Towhill Brothers. Apparently, their, their vision is, quote uh exactly what fans want producer uh fidi alvarez from don't breathe 2013's evil dead said it's violent exciting and so depraved that it will stay with you forever unquote that's from den of geek mike oh my god so you highlighted the two big things in there as far as i'm concerned both don't breathe and 2013's evil dead remake were huge hits amongst the horror fans so I, i trust fidi alvarez and he's been around horror pretty much in the last decade and has delivered nothing but but goods and results. This makes me feel very old mm-hmm. because I remember sneaking into the 2003 remake of Texas Chainsaw the Jessica Biel movie. That was okay. I didn't mind it. I it scared the shit out of me in the theater. True. They really uh, that sound was amazing. They'd mm-hmm. been uh, mm-hmm. so knowing that that movie is being remade after being remade makes me very feel very <laughs> old. I don't know. Are you excited for this? Eh, yeah, that's how I feel. I don't know. I guess no I'm, I'm not really I, I don't want to see it but uh, was Texas chainsaw a big franchise for you as no far as I just goes? watched the first one this past yeah. year so I, I, I kind of reviewed that on the, either yeah the horror thing I, I, I thought you were but anyway I like it but you know I' I don't know that I would clamor for an I'm not nearly as excited as if that rumored Nightmare on Elm Street reboot finally gets underway. All right, Mike, two more quick ones here. We have Rick Moranis now, returning for Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, a sequel with Josh Gad. My God. I'm happy about this. It's got to be fun, right? I would think so. Josh Gad's pretty reliable. Rick Moranis, who left acting all together to pretty much be a family man. God bless him. I... I <laughs> Disney must have just thrown a pile of money at him to come back for this franchise, I would he think. Hugh's he was itching to come back. I hope so. He did an SCTV reunion show. SCTV was a, uh, basically the Canadian version of SNL. He did a reunion show three years ago, I want to say, and mm-hmm. him coming out for that, which I think was just like a meet and greet somewhere, was a big deal because he doesn't do things anymore, so... I'm excited. I mean, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids was one of those nostalgia properties that I don't really think I've ever seen since I was five the first time I saw it, you know? So, yeah, give me more of it because my memories are fresh. Whereas <laughs> I relived it four times with each <laughs> right, of my right. younger brothers. That's something some... I will have an attachment to kids' movies forever because I was fought four times the older brother. You had people living it over and over again. Every one of them discovered it. Wasn't uh, there an I Shrunk the Adults or I Shrunk the Kids 2 or something? There was Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. Honey, I Blew Up, yes. Which that's... was funny. And I hope Josh Gad is the kid who got blown up. Because <laughs> it was a Fair. chubby baby. <laughs> right. It was. Right. No offense, Josh. Well, you're fine. We're, I'm, I'm Josh Gad size, <laughs> so I don't have any... No ill will, yes. Anyway, Indiana Jones 5 is heading towards production in two months, Michael. Harrison Ford is back. Apparently it's just a straight-up sequel. It's not a reboot. You expect a requel. What do you think? Harrison Ford kind of dropped this bomb casually on Ellen, I think it was, uh, last week or the week before. I wonder how much of this was being planned on, and I wonder how much of this was everyone looking around themselves when Harrison Ford said, yeah, we're about to start production on a sequel, and everyone was just like, well guess we're going to start production on a sequel now (laughs) it's happening i don't know man isn't it time for indy to kind of hang up the whip he needs some help yeah he just needs some help (laughs) steven spielberg is apparently the director you got As he should be jonathan kazdan is the screenwriter harrison ford's gonna star in it so so shia labeouf i'm guessing probably not he's seen as he's not getting the franchise He's not getting the franchise. Do you think they're going to try to hand this off to somebody? I hope not. I hope they just end it for for, for Andy. So he has to be killed. He doesn't have to be killed. Yes, he does. He could just be home, happy. No, that doesn't work. Just get home. Nobody wants that. Tell your grandkids (laughs) the crazy stories. (laughs) Be a professor. Have the Dexter ending where he just turns into a lumberjack. I don't even care that that's a spoiler because that ending sucked. <laughs> I know, didn't know that. I stopped watching Dexter. That show you got You did so the bad. right thing. All right, a couple uh, director stories here. Olivia Wilde is directing a biopic of Olympic gymnast Carrie Strung. All for it. This was a huge. I remember where I was. Yeah. What I was doing watching this. This was a huge moment in American history. Uh, Yeah. And Olivia Wilde, we're excited to see her do anything after what happened with Booksmart and her rights, her bidding rights for her directorial efforts, going up to basically any studio that wanted her, and the price went way up she's got another original property that mm-hmm. I think she's doing that was auctioned for anyway Guy Ritchie officially joins Aladdin 2 I can get a little more cynical about this I still haven't seen the original you broke okay. down and said it wasn't bad it after, wasn't terrible yeah after it all the, we gave it a lot of flack on previews we did but Will Smith was really effing cool in it I, yeah. I kind of liked it Dee Rees is going to direct a Porgy and Bess adaptation is this something I should know it's a big, uh, big deal in the, the the theater. What is it? I don't know. Apparently, it's out right now. Like you can watch a Met Opera reenactment or a Met Opera version, like at AMC right now. Like if I was cultured uh, and if I was a better critic, <laughs> if we were better critics, we'd have known what this. But is. But this isn't a property you're familiar <laughs> with. You just know that it's in the theater. I just, yeah, no, I know, I know. It's like on Broadway and stuff. Yeah. So she's making the adaptation. Are we worried because of the last thing he wanted, perhaps? of course. I would assume this is... I don't know much about this. I don't even know, obviously, the source material, but I would assume this is going to be for Netflix again because she seems to have a contract with them after doing Mudbound and now the last thing he wanted. Or maybe she just wants to step away and do an independent version because of the the flop. I, I, I think there's going to be some criticism coming for the last thing he ever wanted because that movie had a decent amount of hype last year. And to see what it is, obviously we don't blame her like we said earlier, but to see what it is, it's a letdown. How many reviews started with the last thing she ever wanted were these reviews? There you go. That's that's what we were, right? That's <laughs> That's what I wrote? <laughs> And that's our review. Other momentous news, Michael. I actually care about all of these. There will be a gay couple in Marvel's The Eternals. Yeah, apparently the entire cast was in tears on set watching yeah. this happen. So that's awesome. Brian Tyree Henry is just a good dad. And, and that, that was a cool way f- for, the, uh, for the creators to talk about it. It's just like showing a gay family and showing yeah. you know him being a good dad. And, and that's, that's great. how you get this stuff the most right is that you don't make a huge deal about it. it is a huge deal and it should be a huge deal yeah. but you just treat it within the plot as if it's an everyday occurrence because that's what it is. It's normal. It's happiness. It's good. So Amen. Yeah. Amen. Disney to censor Hamilton the movie musical coming I believe in 2021 Probably they're going to censor it into a PG thirteen rating. I've never seen the play, I don't know about you. What does this mean? So he just doesn't get shot at the end? <laughs> I think it's <laughs> Aaron means Burr a, misses. There's a few F bombs in the rap. They shoot with Nerf guns. The rip Rapidity raps <laughs> I'm glad they got, they're got. they finally capitalizing on Lin-Manuel Miranda being under the Disney umbrella because the biggest thing I wanted from that Mary Poppins sequel or remake or whatever you want to call it was more Lin-Manuel Miranda rapping. If we tried to buy Hamilton tickets, what would we get sooner? The movie or the Hamilton <laughs> tickets? Probably the movie. I would think the movie, yes. And where's my Book of Mormon? I'm a South Park fan. Yeah. I've been waiting for the Book of Mormon. You, did you see that on Broadway? No. No, I haven't either. I don't see I anything to. on Broadway. Broadway, I, I should we're bad people we're bad people the hunt is getting a release on march 13th again this is the blumhouse movie it got shelved yeah. essentially into the indiana jones vault yeah right it was never going to be seen again look there were major bombshells about its politics about that it was really explosive politics that these were elite democrats trying to kill quote-unquote deplorables yeah as in, in this, you know, like Running Man type of uh, Most Dangerous Game setup. Have you seen the new trailer for it? I have not. So the new trailer, for those of you who haven't, is not at all like the original trailer, which you would figure would happen, but hmm. there seems to be, they gave away a twist, because the new trailer is Hillary Swank, who was the elitist final boss character, essentially, from the first trailers we were given, explaining to people that it was all a joke, and that, This was all just for fun, and it wasn't really... Within the premise of the movie, the hunt wasn't really a real thing. It was all characters and all people acting. (laughs) But they all get murdered. (laughs) So, yeah, I don't know. I I don't know if that's supposed to be the big reveal at the end, and they're giving it away in the trailer, but I'm... That would be quite the twist. Right, I agree. And I think it's smart if that is the twist, or at least close to the twist. Except we're spoiling it right now, but yeah. The trailer is. We're not. I mean, they're giving it away. They're telling you about it. So I think that's kind of intriguing, because... It went from a movie that I kind of think I know to, well, how are they going to pull this off? How, what sense I, does this make? I wish I didn't know that. You're going to it's... run into it. It's it's everywhere online right now because they're trying, Universal's trying to capitalize on this yeah. momentum that they have. I'm going to have to reserve my judgment here. I hope it's a good movie. I hope it's not offensive and it's just another Blumhouse movie that's good. I just never want art to be censored. I don't think this yeah. one should have been pulled originally. So, yeah, I'm with you. Netflix is going to allow users to turn off the autoplay function, Mike. Is this good? Yeah, I hate it. <laughs> Doesn't it? I think everyone does not like the There's autoplay. There's a ticket clock right. on my screen. Exactly. I have to click the button. I can't listen to the credits. Well, I have see. to keep watching. Let me see what this movie's about as it just starts on me. I don't want to watch it right now. I just want to see what it is. Sometimes they give you trailers in a way. That's okay. But, all right. Netflix runs my life enough, all I right? Agree. <laughs> I agree. Mike, the Academy Museum is finally going to open December in L.A. Tom Hanks took the stage at the Oscars and finally revealed this. This has been, I don't know how long it takes to set up a museum. (laughs) It's not something I've ever been involved with. Shockingly, I know. (laughs) This thing has been in works for at least a decade, minimum. So I hope they finally got it right and it's everything exactly you would think with the Academy being who they are, they wouldn't, the reason it took so long is because they wouldn't open it early until they got it right. So I'm hoping that's what happened. How many movies get shot there in the next 10 years? Oh, good point. Yeah, probably. You know, that, that's a high le- n- yeah. number, right? Well, yeah. I and mean, you would hang out there. You would think you want to see movie stars. That would make a lot of sense to use that. Yeah. Would we hang out there is the question. I want to go to it, certainly. Yeah. I definitely want to see what they have and then just be upset that none of it is sports related. Feather in the cap of the new president. So yeah, got it done. I also took the greatest pee break in the history of the Oscars because I missed <laughs> this portion. So that, that worked out for me. All right, a couple quick TV stories because we cover everything on this show because we're crazy. It's been a lot of news in the month last month. HBO's Parasite TV series is apparently a prequel and it might star Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. Well there wasn't enough white people. That's always been my biggest criticism. Not the enough movie. white people yeah. on HBO. I'm tired of, of everything else being unwhitewashed, basically can't even say that with a straight face <laughs> white people in this movie why yeah, i don't understand that at all i don't i actually don't have a problem with turning the film into a series i don't i know i'm in the minority i, I think if you can open doors to attract more people into the source material that's a good thing and i think having the series could do that but I understand the criticism of people should just be implored to go seek out the original movie and read the subtitles, which I also agree with, but I think this will implore certain people to do that. So uh, that's where I stand on it. Now, why Mark Ruffalo is being cast. God bless Mark Ruffalo. He's a great actor, but no white people need to be involved in this project. Probably not. You said it. You said it all. Stranger Things 4 has a trailer that dropped a huge spoiler you just mentioned The Hunt, apparently a trailer that dropped a huge spoiler. Yeah. What do you think of trailers dropping huge spoilers? In this case, I'm making to watch season four now. I know you haven't been keeping up with Strange. No, yet. I haven't, but I, I saw that was a big news and was a big deal when, when the big spoiler was revealed at the end of that trailer. Do you trailer. know the big spoiler already? Just by reading the internet? I don't know what happened in season three, but I know what happens in the trailer. You do? Yeah. <laughs> so you, you you just read willy-nilly on the internet. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Wow. I like having my finger on the pulse of things. You like spoilers, don't you? Well, I don't like that. If I know I'm not going to watch it, then yeah, I'll read it. You want to know the, the plot. Yeah, I just yeah. want to know what happens. But I don't know what happened in season three. I don't know what happened with this spoiler. But I'm I... almost mad at you right now because I don't want to know spoilers ever. <laughs> I don't want to know <laughs> well, these I'm, things. I'm sorry. You should probably live your life then. <laughs> Emilio Estevez, Mike, he joins <laughs> Disney+. Plus. They're making a Mighty Ducks TV show. Your friends are rejoicing right now. Who <laughs> have been... Bugging me, for as long as this podcast has been around, to do a Mighty Ducks retrospective and only a Mighty Ducks... Re- actually have this podcast be a Mighty Ducks podcast, so this is a big win for them. <laughs> quack. <laughs> Fucking quack. I'm in for this. What has Emilio Estevez been doing? I know he's turned into producing, he was directing, directing some stuff. stuff. yeah. So yeah, I, great. Come back, be Gordon Bombay. Everything that happened in our childhood, redo that. Oh my, the name. <laughs> Gordon Bombay, <laughs> Ma, for a head coach, is that the greatest name in sports movie history? Probably it's up there. It's a really good one. I agree. Probably. I agree. Now, they have to bring back like Josh Jackson at some. Don't they have to do, they won't bring back Goldberg because he's not doing well as a person. Uh, probably not, but can I get back to Gordon Bombay, oh, we Willie Mays this. Hayes, I'm sorry, or Gordon right. Bombay? Those are the greatest sports movie names. <laughs> but... Willie Mays Hayes is a great one. I agree. Anyway, <laughs> uh, you're you're right about everything you are said. I was just fixated on that writing prowess. That's tremendous. Cynthia Arrivo is also going to play Aretha Franklin on like that genius TV show, could this take some flare away from Jennifer Hudson's I had the new exact movie? same thought? Respect. I wonder if this is going to kind of undercut if there's going to be too much Aretha, you I know? I hope not, because I hope great. not too, just... right? Exactly. I hope they concentrate on different things. But we were so hyped seeing that trailer where Jennifer Hudson it was just a teaser, it wasn't even a trailer. Jennifer Hudson kind of making her introduction as the Aretha Franklin character. I think both actresses could be phenomenal doing mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to, I, I know, I said earlier that Jennifer Hudson is the logical pick, I stand by that, but I'm. Intrigued by the idea of Cynthia Arrivo doing it, and hopefully, they can bring different things to it. But I think there is definitely that concern out there that maybe one will lead and bleed and take away from the other. Maybe, you know, once one portion of her life, her origin story, right? And the other ones, hopefully, something like that right. happens. Yeah, friends is gonna have a reunion special on HBO Max, Mike. Dude, AT&T is not playing, they're not, they're playing. not <laughs> playing around with this. They are going for the jug. This is gonna be huge, huge. I I may, I was going to buy HBO Max anyway, but I may have bought, even if I wasn't, just for this. I'm not even the biggest Friends guy in the world. I just, getting all those talents back playing those characters, I think, is a huge deal. I cannot imagine the money they must be getting. It's only supposed to be a one-hour special, so you're not getting, like, a whole reboot season or even a miniseries or anything. You're getting basically one episode, but nonetheless, these are the six people that all negotiated together... Went on NBC to get the same salary raise at the same time to make a million dollars per character per episode Mm -hmm. at the end of their friends' run. So you got to be shelling out five million dollars ahead for this. What if they rebooted Joey, the television series, (laughs) after this? Here's some 5 million dollars for each of you for the friends and here's 75 cents Matt LeBlanc for the Joey reboot. It could be like episodes on Showtime which I watched a couple series of which is pretty It got cool. high marks episodes yeah. did and Matt LeBlanc when he was able to be Matt LeBlanc is a very charming individual. Joey was a mess. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, was. Joey, I remember watching it and being like this is not friends. Well, that's a huge Do We Care segment. We have a box office update for you all now. All right, let's go right into it. Mike, Frozen 2 is the highest-grossing animated movie of all time. It makes some sense. Uh, January was a big month for Oscar movies, 1917. Won a weekend or two there, late December, early January. Then Bad Boys for Life won three weeks in a row. I don't think any of us thought it would be this kind of a monster that it's turned into, but... Props to them. They're already nearing $400 million uh, worldwide with a pretty much 50-50 split. 182-8 to 187 domestic versus international. There's still life in that franchise. Uh, it's, it was a fun watch and it was sold out at yeah. 2 o'clock showing at the mall, which was, which was great. Birds of Prey, uh, not doing as well. Eighty-four million dollar budget, one forty-five worldwide in, in terms of its total gross after like ten days or so. Sixty-one and eighty-three are its uh, cuts of that box office. So, eighty-four million dollar budget, doing one hundred and forty-five already on its first weekend. Essentially, I know people are like clamoring to call this a flop, and then there's other people who are getting mad at the people clamoring to call it a flop. It still may break even at yeah, the end of the day. Yeah, it's gonna. I would think it would. One forty-five worldwide right now. Last weekend it was projected to go fifty. It went thirty-three on Oscar weekend, which is a step down. Which right. y- you can't avoid that. That's that's a yikes moment. I think. True, but it's still one forty-five. It's all Still doing well. It's, it's going to do okay. okay for itself, making hundreds of millions of dollars. Right. Sonic the Hedgehog, Mike is winning this weekend. It's going to make sixty-eight four-day. Oh my god! This was- is the biggest story to me. Wow. It's a fifty. I'm sorry. It's an 85 million dollar budget. It's making about 50 million overseas right now in terms of its first weekend. 111. Excuse me. 43 overseas. 111 total. Okay. I'm very happy for this. Are you? I'm I'm very happy that they listened to the fans Mm -hmm. to an extent because I don't think fans should be in control of all properties. Uh, um, But I am happy that they redrew Sonic to make him look more like Sonic that we all know. Okay. I I hope. My hope genuinely is that they didn't overwork their animators and writers and everyone attached to this behind the scenes and just kind of kill them to get this out in the three-month delay or four-month delay, whatever it was, in between when it was supposed to be released and when it is now. If that didn't happen, then boy for everyone yay good job i'm happy to see this is a success i'm happy to see it's being received well and i think there is as i've said many times this lush area of video game movies that can be made that can be kept away from Uwe bull given to people that care about the properties and can make money on them i love ben schwartz I love James Marsden, I love Jim Carrey, I will probably end up seeing this. I'm actually curious to go see it just for Jim Carrey, yeah. just to see the wacky impression yeah. of uh, Dr. Yeah, it's been a Robotic. long time since we've seen Jim Carrey go full ham. He's gone to- <laughs> full ham in those trailers. Uh, I was curious to see it yesterday, I thought it would probably have be been a better you know, double feature than what I did, but... If they do it right, that has to be a movie you watch on speed. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, let's go and look at the rest of the week's box office for you folks right now, you good people listening. <laughs> Fantasy Island, which is a horror film, uh, $12.4 million. The Photograph, which was the romantic uh, comedy, or it might just be a straight-up romance yeah. between Lakeith Stanfield and Issa Rae. I have so much more desire to see the photograph than I do Fantasy Island, I... and this is someone who hates rom-coms and loves horror movies. Speaking, but... well, And another seamless edit. I was wondering how the photograph did... At the uh in terms of rotten tomatoes, it's got seventy five percent. Oh good. I didn't even know that. I just no, I'm a big fan of Issa Rae and Keith Stanfield. Better than Downhill, which got 40%. Downhill has been getting crushed, and you have it number six at the box office right now, five and a half million. It has not been received well. It has not been reviewed well. It did worse than that, Mike. It got 10th on the four day. Oh, 4.6 is what found. it found. Makes no sense to me. Force Majeure, people loved. Will Ferrell and, and Julia Louis-Dreyfus, people loved. The trailer's kind of funny, but yeah. I guess it's just an awkward movie to come out around Valentine's Day, I guess. People I guess. want a happy film. Anyway, 1917 was in six, Parasite got five point five million, and that is now up to 175 million worldwide with the Oscar bump there. What would be your fantasy that you would ask for on Fantasy Island? Nothing on this island. Apparently it all goes to horror. Yeah, right, but if you had one, if you had like would it be the Knicks winning a championship? Let's just say you wouldn't fare so well <laughs> in this horror movie. No. I'm already sick all the time. Is that what happened? <laughs> <laughs> no you would be fine <laughs> that was a good answer let's go to some trailer thoughts. trailer thoughts all right trailers we're gonna review them gonna be a little bit of a quicker trailer thoughts because we missed a month so we're only hitting the biggest ones right. as opposed to throughout the week so let's start with the first look at the new batman michael new logo i love the score Yes, score was good. The score was good. I never had an issue with Battenson though. I mean, that jawline alone is going to be able to do, handle it. Some some <laughs> outlet ranked the Batman jawlines. <laughs> and just God bless the people that had, had to write that. God damn you for reading it. Because they I didn't, will keep I didn't writing read it. it. I didn't read it. I didn't they click it. They will keep it. writing it if you keep reading it. It was just like the Batman jawlines <laughs> ranked. This yeah. is a good Batman jawline. Let's just say. I'm <laughs> very, jealous. I'm very excited to see Battenson. Yes. The French dispatch. This is the new Wes Anderson movie. It seems messy like you were telling me. This looks it looks like a mess. <laughs> it looks like vintage Wes Anderson it does. though. There's it, like a lot of goofy jokes. There's it happened a mile a minute. I didn't really have time to study it yet, but I want to. Twenty twenty is gonna be the year that kills six degrees of MMO. <laughs> because everybody is yeah. in this movie, just yeah. like everybody's in Dune, just like everybody's in Tenet. We're going to have to disqualify the year of 2020 movies. We might have to. We're in trouble. This movie looks like a mess. <laughs> I can't wait to see it, but there's a there's a whole title screen of people in this that's just, it's three columns. It could be a glorious mess. Yes. We'll find out. He hasn't made a bad movie no, yet. No, no, I'm sure it'll be great. But it's just like, for the eyes, there's <laughs> a lot going on. To me, his worst movie is still Bottle Rocket. And I, it's not a bad movie. Mm. Mm. I, I mean, I know the, the one with the train wasn't great. Adrian Brody. I wasn't... Cra- I was going to say Moonrise Kingdom wasn't great, but it was good. Eh, it's, I, tu- I like it's tough. It's tough, yeah. The Jesus Rolls. This is about uh, John Turturro's character, directed by Turturro himself. It's about the big Lebowski, essentially. The, the That spinoff character. How nervous are you for this? I'm horrifically yeah, nervous. Because like, I don't want them... To ruin Lebowski, I don't want them to even take any shine away from the Lebowski fest that I dream of going to someday. (laughs) Uh, I hope, I mean, they better retcon the backstory on the character from the movie, obviously. You can't make a whole movie about that guy. There's a a lot of red flags. There's a lot of traps that could be had in this. I wasn't thrilled with the preview. You need the Lebowski Universe movies To be at a high tempo. And this is my problem with recent Coen Brothers films Mm -hmm. that haven't landed for me. I love them with a slapstick Mm flair, high tempo kind of thing. And if you're not doing that wacky kind of a wild adventure road trip movie, you know, with this Lebowski movie, it's not going to work. I did just watch the Jay and Silent Bob reboot in the time off we had. How did you not lead with that in what we're watching? Have you seen it? You saw it. No, you didn't see it? No. People that had a problem with that movie, what were you expecting? (laughs) And I'm hoping that's what this is with the Jesus rolls. I'm hoping that it's, if people have a problem with it, if it doesn't, I'm hoping it's because people aren't ready for another big Lebowski. I'm with you. This has to hit a certain tone in order to be a success for Lebowski fans. Mike, they buried that Jay and Silent Bob movie. They buried it. To the point where it came out in theaters for like two days and VOD. like It's like a direct-to-video. Basically. It's kind of a cool backstory of it. They It was partially crowdfunded, so I, I don't know what, what the ins and outs of it were. But I don't know what people wanted from that movie if they weren't happy with, it, with what they got. Because it was exactly what every Jay and Silent Bob movie has ever been. Mm-hmm. Okay, right down to Ben Affleck making an appearance and making fun of his role as Batman. And his time as Batman. And the Martha line. It, it's great. It's funny. It's stupid funny. I hope this is too Jesus Rolls. I hope this is more than stupid funny. And that's the danger <laughs> of this movie, the Jesus Rolls. I might not I might not like it unless it's great. Yeah. Oh, I could see that side of it. I'm like you though. We have the same fear. I'm just very worried that this takes away shine from the Big Lebowski universe. Morbius, Michael. Yeah. Morbius. Cool uh cool song. That old song that penetrates the trailer. I like the way they slowed it down and sped it up. That Beethoven song. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited because of the stinger in the trailer. Yes. This character we're getting from the Spidey verse yes. there, which I'm pretty happy about. Me too. I laughed at the fact that this is basically a dramatic comic booky version of a scene from *Ace Ventura: Two When Nature Calls*. <laughs> <laughs> Die, Devil Spawn! <laughs> he throws a torch. <laughs> I love that scene so much. I really like that movie. That movie's cool. It is so funny, yeah. Stupid. It's so bad. Probably will like it more than Morbius. And I think we're all ready for Vampire Leto. Like, we've been ready for 10 years. Since the vampire fad started, yeah. how has he not played, like, 10 vampires That's by a now? good point. Like a rocker, also, you know, I mean, a great actor. How has he not done this? No, I'm with you, I'm with you. It seems to be tailor-made for him, so I have have the highest of hopes, especially because of what they are doing, obviously, in this thing, or like you said, if you haven't seen the trailer, go seek it out. Um, I have concerns.
1: It could be awesomely
0: bad, like Venom. But it's supposed to be, right? If it hits that, that's what it's supposed to be, and that's clearly what Sony is doing here, is they're trying to get this new Sinister Six built up to battle Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. I can appreciate that. Are they going to battle Spider-Man though? Or are they going to turn into the Suicide Squad? They're going to battle one of them, either Spider-Man or Venom, and then maybe okay. Venom joins them, and then that's your first Spider-Man crossover movie. Interesting. But, yeah, I think something's going to happen with that. I'm hopeful because Jared Leto does seem tailor-made to play a vampire. Yes, he does. All right, Spiral. This I is... hated this. Really, this is the Chris Rock you know, essentially reboot or remake or requel of the Saw franchise. Spiral from the Book of Saw. This to me looked like it was shot by a film student. Oh. I did not like this trailer. Well, I was kinda liking homicide detective Chris Rock because of the promise of it like he'd be this wisecracking detective it's new he doesn't really know to be funny (laughs) it doesn't really it's not a character that we've seen him play a lot so yeah I was excited for that but to me the way this was shot the cinematography of it just seemed like it was I was not thrilled with it it's not his directorial debut I mean he's made a couple Mm -hmm. good movies already and they've been pretty good so it's not his genre obviously he's got Samuel Jackson in here do uh, you should, did you see what I'm talking about I don't know I can't explain it though it just I seems... watched it once quickly I didn't study it uh. I was going to be higher on this one than you. I, I I'm rooting for this movie. I want this to do very well. I'm rooting for it as well. I like that we have these A-listers in Hollywood that are taking control of these properties that haven't been touched or done well in a while. I would like a Saw movie not to gross me out completely every ten seconds and be more of a who done it, more of a per- police procedural kind of serial killer movie rather than just the one gross out scene after the next. So I'm with you. If he's going that route, I'll kind of be into this more. I'm with you. Uh Chris Rock the producer of this Darren Lynn Bausman is the director. He has directed Saw 2, so he has Oh no. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. Uh, I thought Chris Rock directed it. No, he bought the rights. He's gotcha. got the he's the producer. I uh He's starring. I'm hopeful. He bought the rights to star in I uh Spiral. I hope I have hope. You and Morgan Freeman. All right, Billie Irish. Irish. Billie Irish. Billie Eilish uh, released her song "No Time to Die" for the the next Bond movie. This one kind of sticks in my head. Do, do you love this? This was great. Yeah, it's pretty good. I, I, one of my friends said he hated it. I'm like, this, you're an idiot. This, this is fantastic. <laughs> does anybody care what old people think about this song? We're old people now. Or is uh, that that's true? That's a good point. Yeah. Do, just she anybody... doesn't, certainly doesn't care. Do no, she doesn't care. That Oscar gif is my nightmare. She is going to be massive if she's not already. Like the first or second woman to sweep the Grammys you, like she did. She, do this is going to win an Oscar. Do you think the Oscar gif helps her? The, the looking weird when somebody mentioned it with some old name that she didn't know who it was. <laughs> or we, I don't think we I've seen like, that gift? You're such a teenager. She is! like She has no attachment to anything that we have attachment to. She's like 17 still and she's crushing it with well, everything she does. Her songs, I've said it for a while, have been tailor-made for horror movies, but mm-hmm. I think this fits right in alongside. It's not as good as the Adele one. It's not as good as Skyfall. I think it's better than the Sam Smith one that won the Oscar. Over the Lady Gaga song. We're going to have to do something with all the songs. Yeah, we should. I don't know what what yet. No. We can't ignore all those songs. <laughs> That's true. A lot of great songs. True. for the James Bond <laughs> character study coming your way. That was a shameless way to uh, get a plug-in. I like it. And I like that song, too. I like Billie Eilish. Finally, we yes. have our audience interaction segment, Six Degrees of MMO. My yes. Friend. So we asked you a month ago, knowing that we would probably take uh, some time off from MMOW here, Uh, If you've not followed us on Twitter, please do so. We are at Oscar. We're Mike, Mike, and Oscar as well on Instagram and Facebook. But we put out a challenge every week when we do MMOW called Six Degrees of MMO. And what we do is it's the old Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon game. It's just that we will give you the tent bowls to go through. You also don't have to use Six Degrees. You can use as many or as few as you want. You also don't have to use only movies. You could use anything. Because we like to have these fun and creative. Now, a lot of people recited the Emily Blunt, Antonio Banderas. But I was a tough, hard-ass this week. I didn't include any Good. of those. Good, Because I, I said you had to go through a seagull. Now, it could be a seagull. <laughs> yep. Or a seagull, like the bird. It could be the lighthouse. Or it could be Alfred Hitchcock's movie. Because the lighthouse had come out on VOD the last time we did one of these. <laughs> it could be Jason. It could be an empty McDonald's parking lot. And people did all of these things. So we're about to go through our submissions. The first thing we usually do is the efficiency awards, Michael. Yes, Mark Burgundy at The One Hansen, H-A-N-S-E-N. Emily Blunt was the girl on the train. Another girl on a train. That's the tone we're going for here. Was Anne margaret in The Train Robbers with George Siegel, who was in Look Who's Talking with Bruce Willis, who was in Four Rooms with Antonio Banderas. Great job. We're off and running. <laughs> Robert Doherty at Robert Doc nineteen eighty four said Blunt was in a quiet place with Noah Jupe, who's in Honey Boy with Shia LaBeouf, LaBeouf, who's in Eagle Eye with Billy Bob Thornton, who's in Intolerable Cruelty with Jeffrey Rush, who's in Finding Nebro Nebo, Nebo or Nemo with Mine! Mine? <laughs> My, mine? Mine? Seagulls and Willem Dafoe who's in Once Upon a Time in Mexico with Banderas. I love those mind seagulls, by the way. That's a great entry there by Robert Duck. I allowed more inefficiency in this efficiency <laughs> right. award. Because it's, it was funny and it made me laugh at the mind. It's tough. Mine. Yeah, it's a tough. Yeah, I, I think, yeah. Paul Britter at Brutal Tripe. B r u t a l t r i p e there on Twitter. Emily Blunt is in Sherlock Gnomes. Why? <laughs> with Michael Caine. Caine is on Deadly Ground. In on Deadly Ground with Steven Seagal. Seagal <laughs> is in Machete with Danny Trejo. Danny Trejo is in Machete Kills with Antonio Banderas. Excellent. Teresa Seidenberg at Wookie L o v a said that, Emily Blunt is uh, sister-in-law of Stanley Tucci. Tucci was in Who's That Girl with Madonna. Madonna was in Truth or Dare with Antonio Banderas. Aunt Onio Banderas was the namesake of the aunt who helped Paul Rudd in Ant Man, apparently, but was eaten by a seagull. I love that. <laughs> okay. Great job. We should Lumba. probably pick that as a winner, perhaps a winner. <laughs> <laughs> I love that entry. <laughs> the Cloudy Critic, uh, same name on Twitter at the Cloudy Crit- Critic. Blunt stars with Dwayne Johnson in Jungle Cruise. Dwayne Johnson starred with Kurt Russell in Furious Seven. Russell starred with Steven Seagal in Executive Decision. Seagal starred with Danny Trejo in Machete. Trejo starred with Banderas in Not Machete Kills, but Desperado. Oh. Executive Decision might be one of my favorite Steven Seagal movies. Might be my only favorite. Well, how do you choose, honestly? I could choose. And I mean that literally, because they're all the same movie. The Man Who Knew Too Much Award. This goes to Jordan Beck at Dr. Underscore Magnifico. Mm -hmm. You know how to spell that by now. (laughs) Emily Blunt was in Mary Poppins Returns with music by Mark Shaman. Shaman was a writer on SNL with John Vitti, who also wrote for King of the Hill, starring Stephen Root. Stephen Root, of course, is in Finding Nemo, with the Seagulls, voiced (laughs) by director Andrew Stanton, whose co-director, Lee Unkrich, made Coco, starring Benjamin Bratt, who is in Miss Congeniality with Michael Caine, a lot of great scenes in that movie, Mm -hmm. who is in Batman Begins with Cillian Murphy, who is in Breakfast on Pluto, directed by Neil Jordan, who made Interview with a Vampire with Banderas. That is truly a man who knows too much. I don't think (laughs) I knew that Andrew Stanton was the voice of the Seagulls from Finding Nemo, despite all. The work Neither we did in did the Pixar uh, rewatch series we did last summer. The Golden Sidecar Awards, Mike, for sidekicks here. I see. This goes through our old buddy Wojciech Vyshore, Swamp Thing over there on Twitter, played by CGI Emma Stone, is his name. <laughs> Emily Blunt is in Jungle Cruise by Hwami. Colette Sarah, my apologies if I mispronounced that, who did The Shallows, one of the best seagull related <laughs> movies of the decade, according to the ringer, Very true. With Blake Lively, who's married to Ryan Reynolds. Reynolds shares the last name with guitarist of a band, A Flock of Seagulls. In a movie, the SpongeBob movie Sponge Out of Water, Antonio Banderas played main villain Burger Beard, who literally has a flock of seagulls as his sidekick. Alright, so that's where we start. From the Movie Marathoners <laughs> podcast, at Movie Maripod. I reviewed the decade of Best Picture winners with Monty over there. I had a lot of fun. Go listen to that and all of his other podcasts. He starts with Banderas playing the pirate in the Spongebob movie, Sponge Out of Water, which heavily features Seagulls (laughs) as sidekicks. The voice of Patrick by Bill Foggerbach. What a name again. (laughs) Plays Jason Seagulls dad in How I Met Your Mother. He's Dauber from Coach. (laughs) Siegel starred in the five-year engagement with Blunt. Seagulls. And Siegel, <laughs> boom, he says. <laughs> Patting himself up. Very good. Uh, the Everyone's Childhood and One submission award. That goes to Talk Zone Radio. At Talk Zone Radio, Emily Blunt is in Jungle Cruise with Dwayne Johnson. Your childhood. Was in Fast and Furious 6 with Gal Gadot. Un- uh, younger people than us his childhood. Who both. was in Ralph Breaks the Internet with Jody Benson. The Youngest Generation's Childhood. Who was in The Little Mermaid with Buddy Hackett. My childhood. <laughs> Who played a seagull. Hackett was in Scrooge with Bill Murray. Your older brother's childhood. Who was in Ghostbusters with Dan Aykroyd. All of our childhoods. Who was in Trading Places with Eddie Murphy. Probably not a good movie to see in childhood. <laughs> who was in Shrek 2 with Antonio Banderas. A movie we'll be showing all our future children. Correct. Good job there. <laughs> all right. So probably book of the week right here, but I'm calling it... The This is What Jack Must Have Done <laughs> David Lynch Award. This is from Nolan Roberts at Nolan Roberts 17. Emily Blunt provided voice work for the 2017 animated film Animal Crackers, along with Danny DeVito, who voiced Detective Pikachu in the video game Pokemon Detective Pikachu. Did is you know this? Is that true? I, you're asking me? Danny DeVito voiced Pikachu? Keep going, I gotta look this up. All right, in the Pokemon franchise, there exists a Pokemon called Wingle which is based off of a seagull. The word seagulls appears in the title for 1970s Spanish horror movie Night of the Seagulls, directed by Armando de Osorio, who also made 60s spaghetti western Grave of the Gunfighter, (laughs) which stars Spanish actor George Martin, not to be confused with author George R. R. Martin, best known for writing Game of Thrones, which also, it's still going, which was adapted into a TV series which featured Sean Bean, who was in Jupiter Sending with Mila Kunis, who was in Black Swan with oh Natalie God. Portman, who was referenced in the 2018 film Life Itself, starring Antonio Banderas, not good for her namesake there being referenced from that movie, unfortunately. What a book. Wow. <laughs> a lot of references there. As far as the Danny DeVito Pikachu mystery, uh, I couldn't find the definitive answer because there seems to be a lot of stuff written on it and I didn't have that much time to read just now. But I can tell you that the, if you ty- type in Danny DeVito Pikachu and you look at some of the headlines of the articles that come up, one is Detective Pikachu team tested Danny DeVito. Uh, another one is Danny DeVito actually did voice Detective P- Pikachu, sort of. And the third one is Danny DeVito has no idea what Pokemon is. <laughs> (laughs) So running quite the gamut there of things. Google Google layout with a punchline. Set up in a punchline. But our winner this week, Mike. Yes. Dark Nook, not his first victory. At Dark Nook Shop, D-A-R-K-N-O-O-K-S-H-O-P, Emily Blunt is in Edge of Tomorrow with Tom Cruise. Cruise is in Days of Thunder, featuring a street race through a flock of seagulls. The band Flock of Seagulls sang I Ran, which Cruise does in all his movies, including Interview with a Vampire, which has Antonio Banderas in that was it. That great. That was efficient. It made me laugh twice. And I watched that scene in Uppity, the Willie T. Ribs story. Oh, okay. Because it's based on what really happened between Willie T. Ribs and a rival driver who he said basically must have spilled the beans to Hollywoods at some point in their lives ah. because the Days of Thunder scene is based on that where Willie T and the other guy are racing to the racetrack to have a race <laughs> the race before the race. So it came full circle for you. I'm a much more simple man. I just wanted someone to reference the band flock of seagulls and I ran. <laughs> And Tom Cruise runs. Yeah, that that, that worked for us. These are highly subjective. All your other awards (laughs) are award worthy. Yeah, we probably should have led with that too. Uh, Six Degrees of MMO, the awards, while uh, very prestigious. Very subjective. (laughs) Very prestigious, because we give you a throne and everything. Yes, good point. I almost forgot. So let's talk about the throne that starts... uh, You're only going to get a half a month, because it's February 16th, but we can do it for a couple weeks. Let's start... The throne has to be a heart-shaped, one of those cheap motel love beds, right? Look, I'm not... Thrilled to say this, but the throne is made of stale french fries. Stale French fries. And there are seagulls. Oh, I see. All throughout the skies <laughs> circling. And they're about to come down on you. So you have to have a plan what you're gonna how you're gonna deal with these seagulls. <laughs> okay, so we have this giant motel, gross motel theme roomed, I'm not heart-shaped bed made of fries right. in the middle of an empty parking lot as mm-hmm. seagulls circle above like vultures. Yes. Alright, that's, that's the happening. start. That's what Dark Nook. One. <laughs> so that'll be the six degrees of MMO championship throne for the month of February congratulations Dark Nook you are the champion and the owner of not only of that uh, wonderful seating arrangement but also all things bragging rights. six degrees of MMO related Michael what do we have for the good people to challenge them next week in this game we have Anya Taylor-Joy who is going to star as Emma in Emma mm-hmm. going to Noah Centineo oh, We're get gonna... your Tiger Beat magazine covers out we're gonna ship them we're gonna feature uh, a a netflix pod in the upcoming week Mm -hmm. so i wanted to do something with netflix and he is mr netflix right now but we're gonna go through another shameless opportunity to plug this james bond character study and say you have to go through a james bond i like that any of them any movie any bond himself video game Anya Taylor-Joy to Noah Centineo through Bond. That is your challenge for Six Degrees of MMO next week. As for this week and this episode, we are back and we are hitting the ground running. Uh, Kind of a longer MMOW today, guys. We realized that, but we had a whole month's plus worth of news to catch up on. So we thank you for listening through and sticking with us throughout. Obviously, as always, what really matters and why we do this is because we want to hear from you. We want to hear your thoughts, comments, questions, concerns on any of the stories, trailers, movies, cast things etc we talked about here today as well as anything else we do in the mmo empire here do you have any thoughts that you haven't told us yet about the oscars do you have any thoughts about some of the guests that we have on uh and and you have to lavish them with praise because each and every one of them was just spectacular definitely Uh, do you have any thoughts about anything we do here at MMO you can leave us those we are Mike Mike and Oscar on Facebook Mike Mike and Oscar on Instagram at mm and Oscar on Twitter Mike Mike and Oscar at gmail.com.com and on Reddit we are available everywhere you hear podcasts including and especially Apple podcasts so if you happen to be listening to us right now on the Apple podcast app or just own an iPhone if you wouldn't mind taking 10 seconds to go on the Apple podcast app on your iPhone that little purple square with the white Centenario sticking out of the middle of it (laughs) tap on that type in mike mike and oscar into the search tap on our cartoon logo when it pops up and scroll down once to leave us a five star review it goes a huge long way we thank all of you that have and will and if you could tell your friends to do the same we will buy you an internet cookie michael (laughs) what is coming next and what are some words of wisdom to end to end i was going to say to end this week but it's not it's the start of the week so start the week off right for the people well, it is wise to prepare yourself for seagulls. I Just in general. <laughs> just in general. Just as in general. general uh, it's wise for, to prepare yourself for James Bond. As mm-hmm. the James Bond character study. I'm getting used to this uh, whole gig as a guy who like promos stuff. <laughs> I see. Not really good at it yet. You no, know, you're doing fine. It's only been two years. Trying to tie things together with <laughs> ham-handed logic and silliness that might perhaps infotain you. We We call that our comfort zone. <laughs> But look, we're also going to start to preview next year's Oscar movies, and I think we're doing a three-part series on that. I am going to interview an expert on Netflix. We're going to have a special episode for you about what happened last year with Netflix, what's happening this year with Netflix, going over a bunch of those movies. We'll put that on both our feeds. We are also going to perhaps have another guest on for one of these other previews, The Pictures and the picks where we kind of give you one episode that kind of maps out all the movies Mm -hmm. that are in contention that we know of at this moment. And then another episode where we pick, you know, the, at least the big eight categories. We had fun with that last year. I think we probably should challenge ourselves to like pick the sound categories this year. At least. I mean, we could. We have to. No yeah. matter what we pick, no, we it's going to be right. To. Look, if if uh, Clayton Davis can do it at award <laughs> circuit, and we respect him so much, we could do it. Give you 100% accurate picks all up and down the ballot. Pick the war <laughs> or the car movie. Shouldn't we? Sure. Yeah. I'm in. All right. We got to do that. So we're going to have fun over the next couple of weeks with, with all those things, with James Bond, etc. There you go. So that is what you can expect from the Oscars offseason, quote unquote, from MMO. But we never really have an offseason, and that's why we say guys when reality sucks you can come watch these movies award shows and start the new year off with us we are mike mike and oscar trying to make award season year-round without the stuffiness we thank you for listening and we will see you all very very soon see you